Oh, Amma! Language warning! Very adult content ahead. What troubles you, my child? Hello, sinners. Welcome to Confession Booth, where just by listening, you get to absolve your deepest, darkest, most disgusting, embarrassing, and surprisingly heartfelt secrets. I'm A.H. Cayley, and I'm yet to learn my lesson. Today's confessor, Jared Jekyll, is a theatre writer, stand-up comedian, performance artist, and the Jekyll half of comedy duo Jekyll and James. Here he takes us on a hypermanic journey into one small part of Sydney's underbelly. Or, I guess to be more accurate, one small part of someone else's underbelly. Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, this, uh, this piece is called Taste the Rainbow. Thank you. Uh, hello, my name is stage name Jared Jekyll, real name Jared Simon Freeman. I am 26 years old, 74 kilograms, 5 foot 3, and am of the heterosexual persuasion. As of the last decade, at age 13, I was sure I was gay, and at 14, bisexual. I actually told my mum this one night while we were taking our dog Cassie for a walk. She cried. Uh, mum, not the dog. Uh, she was confused. I was confused. The dog was confused. <laughs> the next morning, I bolted to mum's bedroom to tell her that I made a big mistake and that it wasn't true. In truth, it still was. I just didn't want dad finding out. <laughs> This carnal roller coaster was sort of inevitable to me, considering I grew up in a school circle of strictly girls. I spent 15 years in the performing arts, singing, dancing, and acting. I was raised by my mother, and I was also highly effeminate. I am one of the few people who can uncomfortably say that they were bullied by their gay friends into coming out as being straight was an abomination. <laughs> yes, uh, memoirs of a heterobashi. Uh, true story. <laughs> There was even a short period of time where I was 100% sure that I might have been transgender. That's a lot for a 12-year-old to take in. And I had to tell myself that one day, mum's heels might fit. Years later, I learned to accept myself for whatever I was and couldn't be prouder of where I am today. Now, my one downfall that consistently throws my life out of whack is my absolute bitch of a mental illness, bipolar. Where my unbalanced serotonin rock star's at? worth a try. Um. Now, one of my main downfalls uh, yeah, is my bipolar, right? And now, this is how bipolar works, if you don't know. Uh, the average person, I'd say, has about six, six inches of room to move here. So this would be a peak and this would be a trough, right? So you go about this, you know, you might plateau for a bit up here, plateau for a bit here, plateau for a bit here. You're more or less like this. Uh, with bipolar, I've got about uh, 36 inches either side of that. So I might stay up here for a while, then I might be down here, then I might do a bit of this, then up here, and then down here, and you get the drift. Uh, yes. Uh, and when I'm up here, I'm lucky enough to actually experience more positive mania. And when I have hypermania, I feel invincible. Hashtag YOLO had never rung so true. I felt like I could achieve anything. And I wasn't proud, but there would be times where I would lie, cheat, steal, backstab, spend, whatever I had to do to get what I wanted. Now, any series of things that I love blended with some sort of an edge or danger would certainly trigger me off and very hard. Now, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the most whacked out event in all my years as a destabilised mood person. Here we go. A few years ago, I was at a mate's 23rd drinks. Everything was great until I ran into my ex. We dated for two years during June, June, June. We dated for two years during uni. You know, it, guys, it actually really helps to get your circadian rhythms intact and actually sleep before the night. You have to read off paper. Cool. Can I get some carrots in here? I can't really read this very well in this light. Uh, 
We dated for two years during uni. And what did I study, you may ask? Musical theatre, of course. Now, that's my favourite thing in life, next to hip-hop. So basically, you could say that my life revolves around homosexuals and the people who hate them. (laughs) Now... Emma and I had not spoken for a few years, so it was quite daunting to see her, but we pushed through. This set me off. I wanted to get fucked up and never forget about, and forget about everything that ever happened ever. I was on the brink of a downward slope into heavy depression from the last few months, residual self-hate and hopelessness. I'd been single for three years now and did not need this trigger. I was feeling destructive, so I just stuck it out there, and I said, Hey, ex and friend, want to take some MDMA? Hit the town, go for a dance. They hesitated at first. What do you mean? Oh, MDMA, methylene deoxymethamphetamine. That's not what they were asking. They agreed as these birthday drinks were a bit underwhelming. As underwhelming as an apple pie without any apple in it. I'm not, I'm not good with analogies. Um, so I contact my dealer and I tee it all up. After we bow from the party, I drive into the city to meet my friend, the candy lady, as we breach Town Hall, Emma and Haley suddenly decide to go home. They have work the next day. Emma thinks it might be weird anyway, and, you know, that's understandable. We ruined each other's lives numerous times before no amount of ecstasy was going to fix that. Not in this dimension, anyway. Now, the girls get out of my car and I drive off to meet my muse, my messiah, a girl who had bailed me out of the dance macabre more times than I care to remember, though I don't remember any of it. I assumed we would just meet up, I'd give her some money, I'd take the gear, go home, and then have it another time when I'm out with some friends as to not be an absolute miscreant. I park my car and walk to the meeting point, and there she is, in all her unique beauty. She went by the moniker Skittles. Yeah, my drug dealer's name was Skittles. (laughs) She was about five foot, hair down past her shoulders with plenty of volume and a cacophony of hair dyes, making it look like she lost in a paintball fight. But it was all very well executed. She made it that way. She had the face of a woodland critter from any Disney film. I had met her a few months earlier at a club as I'd asked for her number, something I never usually do. I texted hi and she asked me what I wanted. Turns out that she was a dealer and that she liked girls. No drama. I kept the number handy. Over the next few exchanges, I did develop a crush on her. It was unconventional and I lived for that sort of elixir. But... You know, I knew that for this girl, these emotions, I had to keep them at bay as it would never work. I also heard through the grapevine that she made amateur porn videos. And this was just a rumour until she showed me them. Yeah, she, she was a, a fun, adventurous gal, <laughs> a lady. Uh, so she tells me that she doesn't have anything on her and that we have to go to a supplier's house. I figured, you know, I'd know where to be the next day. Why not? Let's see where the night takes us. Now, welcome to Drug Dealer's House 101. There was a little rusted gate smushed into a puddle of mud. This separated the suburban footpath from Willy Wonka's Wonderland. Skittle pushes it open. It lets out a high-pitched squeal, obviously. We walk through. My feet are met with a hacked-up lawn full of potholes and dog shit. There are security cameras lining the front of the house. This was good because I knew I was in a safe place. (laughs) She throws open the unlocked front door. It's pitch black. Smelt like dog piss and damp everything. Once inside, she nudges open another door. This was a room filled with what looked like five 16-year-old boys. These were the guys? These dudes? Does the empire get younger the further you descend? Is the guy who makes the stuff a seven-year-old with a Fisher and Paykel My First Meth Lab? (laughs) 
you know, this seemed quite severe and pretty off the wall, but they also had three little dogs, three little Jack Russells. It was really cute. It was very disturbing and, and really, really cute. Now, we sit down on a couch with absolutely no suspension in it. My butt is practically touching the floor through the back of the couch. The room is dimly lit. There is a glass table in front covered with everything from weed, bongs, syringes, cocaine, pills, the lot. This was a crack den, a motherfucking crack den. And a Tuesday night, may I add. As you can imagine, I am currently nervous as all hell. Then my mania kicks in, full ball, and I ask Skittles, can I buy two caps and have them now? I really need to relax. She says, yes, $50, please. Trust me, it's good stuff. <laughs> now, this is something, uh, when I get manic, uh, you know, you get very self-confident, just like on any drug. And something that I've always prided myself in is being uh, pretty good at the male-to-female oral sex. So this is what happened. $50, please, it's good stuff. I then text her, if I give you $100, you can keep the change if I can go down on you. I needed the validation really badly, okay? I look at her nervously, she smiles and laughs and texts back yes. Awesome. <laughs> Holy shit, did I just pimp my own dealer into getting down with me? How unethical is this? I cannot believe I would pay my 19-year-old lesbian amateur porn-making drug dealer to engage in cunning lingus. By this stage, I was high as hell, nothing really mattered. She grabs my hand, pulls me into the next room. Farewell, all ye high schoolers, two of which are lying in a pile of baggies and two passed out on the floor mid-playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the only PlayStation in history set up next to the live feed of a security hub. It's very dark. Uh, my leg bangs into what is presumably a bed. Yep, it's a dirty mattress. Oh, wait, and this isn't the bedroom? Silly me. It's the kitchen. Oh, a crack den. Of course it doubles as a harem and a canine pissoir. The door, the door to the rec room is ajar. I try and close it with my hand as the bright light of Tony Hawk's now static kickflip and the footage of a potential police raid is glaring through and onto the mattress. It won't close. I leave it. Now, the moment I never considered... Sure, I think I'm pretty grand at going down on a lady, but this girl has been with the best. She does this for a living. <laughs> well, you know, there's double the practice. Girl on girl, get with it. I take a big breath and I tell myself, Jared, you, you can do this. You are the king. <laughs> she takes off her pants and underwear. Zero dilly-dally, no kissing, no touching, other than a tiny cuddle. Charitable, maybe, lovely. Yes, it was. I was in euphoria. I pull her legs apart, and this is when I notice she has a piercing. Her clitoris has been spiked. There is a god I might be able to get her off after all. <laughs> I begin, and she is enjoying it. I am loving it. She is loving it. This is amazing. She tells me I am wonderful, and that she considered it already, as I have soft features and seem quite effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't see me as a threat. <laughs> Great. I'm a beta male. <laughs> so yeah, she's feeling secure, which is quite lucky for her, whereas I'm shitting my pants as I'm incapacitated in a box possibly blacklisted by the government. We're developing a flow. It is incredible. The agreement between two people of varying age and sexuality making one exception on one perfect night. 
She said that she's getting close. I cannot drop the ball now. Even if I hear sirens and gunshots, I will have to commit. Even against the door being kicked down, wooden splints flying into my eyes, whatever it took, everything is far too perfectly aligned and cosmic for her not to get off. It is at this moment the smell of dog pee gets stronger. I notice the three little dogs from the rec room have pushed the door open and have now started frolicking and letting loose in the room. They are weeing and scratching and even occasionally walking over Skittles' stomach and my back. Oh boy, this is where the stress kicks in. Everyone knows that stress is the key to a good orgasm, right? I keep my head down, ignoring everything. I was more concerned for her. I didn't want her to lose her buzz, otherwise it would be over. You know how girls can be. (laughs) There's no coming back once it's gone. All right. She tells me that she's getting closer. I now hear the boys in the other room walking up and waking up and moving around the bubbling of bong water. Will they push the door open and come in? Now is not the time to have doubts about exhibitionism and voyeurism. This is your Willy Wonka Wonderland, the greatest story of your generation, Jared. Hang in there. (laughs) I am now going to town on her. Skittles is pulling my hair. I'm getting very excited. I'm digging my hands into her thighs. I'm running my hands under her butt and pulling her closer and closer into my mouth. She tells me not to move. Stay right there. Now the piece de resistance. I feel something against my leg. Oh no, it's the little wire hair Jack Russell. It is the unmistakable feeling of my leg being humped. (laughs) And the other dog has walked onto my back and begins licking the back of my head. Did I just initiate a bestial gangbang? The fuck is going on? She's close to coming and I'm close to going into cardiac arrest from being overwhelmed by life's highs and lows all at once. She says she's going to climax. I feel the countdown and the dogs are really not being very gentle with me now. They're licking. She's grabbing. They're clawing. She's clawing. Skittle screams out. It begins to flow. I taste the rainbow. Forgive me for that one. (laughs) And then the dogs just wipe themselves off and walk off like nothing happened. Skittle sits up, thanks me, gives me a peck on the cheek and tells me I don't owe her a cent and that it was amazing. Thank God, not a pimp. (laughs) And yes, she did film it. (laughs) And believe it or (laughs) not... I know. Some of my best work. (laughs) I didn't think I was very photogenic, but it turns out I'm very video if that's what they say. Uh, And believe it or not, we actually started dating for a little while. It was rather harmonious. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the time I potentially paid $100 to take pills and go down on my 19-year-old lesbian amateur porn-making drug dealer on a dirty mattress in a surveillance-infested crack den whilst two dogs attempted to fuck me till she came. Thank you very much. Jared Jekyll there, tasting the rainbow and ultimately winning gold. That performance was recorded at Good God Small Club. And that's all the dirty, dark secrets we've got for now. But up next time, actor, writer and director Nick Coyle strips himself bare. When I was 14, I didn't know if I was going to be a a good kisser or not, so I practised by French kissing my horse. Horses have quite blank faces, but they can look confused. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud and your favourite podcasting app. And while you're on iTunes, give us a rating. That would be really sick. I'm A.H. Kaylee. I'll see you next time. <laughs>